The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is the icon, Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and expanding people too and all people. Hi everybody! Hello, welcome. Once Hi guys. Again, the quarantine house, the journalist house, whatever you want to call it. I'm Marty. <laughs> I'm Christoph, and uh, as Marty said right before he clicked record, let's hate fuck some pro wrestling. Uh... Yeah, it's been another week, folks. It's been another week. Um, you know, Chris, I, I I was trying to think about how to to best introduce this week, and I I think I landed on this. Okay. Uh, which was, and don't get me wrong, there are multiple depressing things in the world of professional wrestling this week. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think really the through line for me, especially as we got toward the tail end of the week, was um, the old adage used to be that you never meet your heroes. Right. In 2020, I think it's don't follow your heroes on social media. Yep. Yep. Or accept any unsolicited DMs from said oh, heroes. Maybe. Man. Uh- <laughs> oh, man. Like I, it would be interesting to 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 have had social media mm-hmm. back in the attitude era, mm-hmm. especially the attitude era. But oh, I think it would be really era. interesting back in the uh, the superstars era. And, uh, oh yeah, the, the when when Hogan was on top uh, with Savage and Warrior, or like and you know Brutus the Beefcake, all these you know all the boys are are popping <clears throat> uppers and downers and roided to the gills and yeah yeah uh, just the, just trying to picture the the absolute library of pills that would be shown in different workers instagram feeds yeah uh yeah i i and and you know there's even some things like uh the classic story from beyond the mad of of jake roberts talking about how well you know you start out you take one girl to the hotel room and then you take two and then even you don't want to get involved you just want to watch and like (laughs) like that dark you know dark night of the soul moments being put on twitter instead we are getting wonderful moments like uh, Portuguese by way of France AEW star Shauna for some reason defending the president of the United States saying we should consider injecting disinfectants into our own bodies. Um, 
We've got <clears throat> Dustin Rhodes hopping on Facebook, <laughs> being a patriot and saying that people shouldn't be quarantined anymore. And of course, as you mentioned there, uh, friend of the show? Question mark. Uh, uh, the former guest of the show. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it there. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Clark, aka Velveteen Dream. Uh, being allegedly, car- yeah, a- a- allegedly caught in a, a bit of a-, a Reddit sting, uh, as uh, photos and videos surfaced that uh, hint toward uh, allegations. Uh, I- I'm-, I'm walking around this as kindly as possible because, yeah, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty, yeah. Um, but uh, hint toward uh, possibly Velveteen Dream uh, calling and sending photos because there was an audio clip that came out also mm. um, calling and sending photos, uh, nude photos to uh, underage fans. Mm. So uh, not a great look for the guy who is literally the top face in NXT <laughs> right now. Right. was on the main event of this, like the focus of this past week's NXT. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Innocent until proven guilty. He's yeah. come out and vehemently denied everything. Proper authorities, I'd imagine, are looking into well, everything. Well, it's funny you say that, Chris, because he actually denied photos. Oh, uh, uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, and, and look, maybe it's a scenario where he is not entirely aware of the swath of accusations which have come in his direction. But right. I will just say... To be pedantic, because that's what we do here on the Pedantic House. Yeah, with our internet purchase microphones and our journalism degrees. Yes, exactly. Uh, He he specifically said uh, the photos were were not sent by him, Uh, or or something along those lines. Let me see if I can get the exact phrase. But the photos were of him, undeniably. Uh, I mean, it certainly you know. I mean, Um, the exact. So he had those. Well, you take it back. So he. He took those photos at some point. Yes, yes. Uh, the exact Which, phrasing was, be assured yeah. that I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. A private photo of mine was shared without my consent or knowledge, and I'm working with a third party, Jerry McDevitt, uh, right. to look into this matter. Um, well, communicate kind of covers a wide range, but then he gets yeah. a little more specific. Yeah. I will say what was interesting was uh, tip of the hat. To uh, internet journalists at Fightful, uh, they actually were looking into the story and in doing so discovered a bizarre and interesting story where apparently uh, an arrest warrant was issued for Velveteen Dream for smashing a car window late last year. Oh, uh, the the issue the warrant was eventually recalled. So I don't know if it's a mistaken identity scenario or what, but. Um, right. Yeah, uh, it, it sounds like it was a scenario where someone in a car matching the car that Velveteen Dream has, which is a Mustang, uh, in mm-hmm. case you're wondering what NXT uh, top-tier guys are driving, um, he, uh, a, a gentleman matching Dream's description in said car smashed a window in a road rage incident. So, um, interesting. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to get into a road rage incident. <laughs> Because I have a notoriously short temper, uh, which you may or may not have uh, have known uh, about me. I know uh, this, but that's because <laughs> we text a lot during the week about things that don't get said on the show. You get a lot of my rage. Well, not directed yeah. towards you. You no. get a lot of my venting rage. Yes. Because um, typically, like, 
you know, uh, there was a time when, you know, life wasn't uh, great and I was very um, uh, high strung and very the, the tiniest little thing would just cause a nuclear nuclear explosion there. Um, and I used to get all a lot of this rage out while driving. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, driving recklessly. It's more like yelling at people yes. while I'm in the car alone as yes. a way to vent um, and just release um, that pent up aggression within. Um, uh, but I've always wondered if I, if I did get into like, you know, if I were, was one of those crazy people, um, who, when they get cut off, like tail somebody and then something happened and we both pull over and like, there's yes. a face to face, like what would happen? I, I have this morbid curiosity, like <laughs> if, if there were no weapons involved. So me and some dude, you know, uh, somewhere between 20 and 60, I'd say <laughs> anywhere in that range, uh, my tubby ass, very angry. Um, you know, I, I wonder if I'd be able to hold my, like it goes back to fight club. Yeah. How much can you know about yourself? If you've never been in a fight, uh, uh, and I've never been in a true fight, yeah, you know, this been shoving matches, you know, a punch thrown here or there, but never like a full on, you know, um, um, uh, what the fuck's the uh, they live Roddy Piper yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. David you know roll around in the alley sort of thing and I kind of I'm curious as to what I'm capable of. Uh, I know for <laughs> me it would be a, a, an unwielding shit show um, because my level of road rage is so impotent. This is a true story and I don't think I've told it on this podcast. I think I told it on uh, the Super Air Fight podcast when we had it. Um, so th- this is a prime example of my road rage moments and how. Um, adorably un uh threatening they threatening. are yeah uh i was once stuck behind a car in a left turn lane um and uh as we all know when you are in the left turn lane you can, especially when you're the person in front and it's you know both sides have a green you gotta you gotta scooch out there you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta jimmy the car out a little bit but of course There's this strategy guy, for that. The, this guy was staying on the line he wasn't he wasn't getting out there and I was like there's no way I'm going to be able to make this left. Right. Yeah. So in my rage I yell out of my window and I quote, "You got to scooch." <laughs> so shit. I lost my headphones. <laughs> I lost my headphones from laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, that's the most futile Jerry Seinfeld-esque uh Yes. Uh, sort of uh sort of uh, oh yeah oh my god yeah so yeah my, uh, my road rage whew. just sucks there is oh. it, it, it is the butter knife of road rage it causes oh, absolutely boy. no uh sharpness it, it it just can just spread the rage it does not actually cut uh i've yeah. got like a freddy Cl- freddy krueger claw worth of uh <laughs> of, of biting remarks a lot of c words thrown out a lot of c words that's my go-to it's my go-to curse is the old uh see you next tuesday um yes. which is why i love guy Ritchie movies because he always gives me creative new ways to use that word yes but uh but yeah you know anyway i just i, I want to fight somebody yeah <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, Patreon subscribers, uh, we get to a high enough rate. You will get to fight Chris. Yes. hundred bucks <laughs> a month. You fight me. <laughs> you name the time. You name the place. Yeah. Chris, I'll drink a couple bangs and then uh, Chris come will show up, up and... with pizza rolls for after. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll have some some brews and pizza rolls yeah, after. Yeah, three I'll, ba- I'll wrap them in tin foil so they stay uh, warm and don't get soggy. Three bags of pizza rolls, one to cook, two to put on your the different ice. wounds. <laughs> <laughs> use the use the bubbly to ice down your marbles. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, um, so yeah, not a great week. Uh, if you are a fan of uh, Shiana, uh, Dustin Rhodes, or the Velveteen Dream, um. Yeah. Uh I mean the Dustin thing honestly isn't that surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Shanna, I don't know enough about her to have, you know. Uh, what I will just say is I think it's really weird that a Portuguese woman is defending the president of the United States. I don't well, understand she's that at working all. Working in the United States, so well, she's I in guess... France right now. Well, I mean, she signed to AEW, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. her employer is in the United States, so at least she has some kind of dog in the fight, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, at, le- at least personally, I don't get involved in other countries' politics because I don't know enough. Um, yeah. And also, I barely understand ours. So, yeah. I know um, enough to be angry. Yes. Yeah. No. F- filled with rage. But again, with me, it's an impudent rage. Yours is a cutting Turgid. Rage. I have a turgid uh, rage. Well, hey, uh, here's some more things to be rageful this week. Um, we had the official quarter one 2020 financial notes from WWE. And I think, uh, uh, I think that there was no better summation of things than uh, from the wonderful team at WrestleNomics, who, if you actually care about the... The uh, money side of professional wrestling, they it's a cottage industry that they completely own. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's a lot of graphs and numbers that I don't understand. But I think the headline says all it needs to be said. And I quote, WWE layoffs were morally heartless and economically unnecessary. Correct. So, um, yeah, that pretty much tells us everything we needed to know from last week. Uh, record, I believe. <clears throat> Many of the uh, the the um, the the line items had record uh, growth. Yes, this yeah. past year, except for live ticket or this past quarter, except for live tickets, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Losing WrestleMania did hurt them financially, but not to the point where they're you know hemorrhaging money. They still have a shit ton of money coming in, mm-hmm. and uh, there was really no reason to lay off all those people last week none none whatsoever uh i i mean there are definitely some people as it's coming out um where uh they're making it very clear that um their releases were uh to their benefit looking at you a, a tanara conti uh who apparently asked for her release two months prior to being released in this um yeah. a uh, diana perrazzo who has done a number of interviews this week uh including basically all but saying that the reason why she was signed was because she was supposed to appear on the all in card back in 2018 wow. um and of course she wow. missed being on that card because yeah. she got signed by wwe holy balls that's uh, some petty ass shit yeah um i know rusev had been in a contract dispute and mm-hmm. apparently it wasn't settled so that he got his uh his papers <clears throat> but mainly for me it all comes back to drake maverick um, yeah oh man and it got even more heart-wrenching uh, this week when they turned it into a fucking TV angle. Yeah. Can you believe the balls well, of these motherfuckers? I, I, it, it's the one-two punch of Drake Maverick and Sarah Logan 
because yeah. Sarah Logan was apparently scheduled to be on Raw this week. Uh, there, Countless people have affirmed that she was on the script for this week's show because last week she had her arm, quote-unquote, shattered by Shayna right. Baszler. Uh, this week she was supposed to be on Raw. She was not on Raw. And it sounds like in the case of Logan and Maverick alike, the idea is, well, we're paying you until July so we can use you. That's just that's just shitty. Yeah, incredibly. And the fact that they are taking what was really a, a heart-wrenching, genuine moment of sadness from Drake Maverick, you know, hopping onto his social media, posting about it, and turning it into this, uh, I guess, theoretically uplifting angle, but we know how the story ends. Right. Um, I mean, it, it, it becomes performative pain. And... and uh, I, I recognize we're bouncing around a little bit, but it made me realize sort of the key difference between how WWE and, and I hate to harp on the WWE versus AEW angle of things, but it's really the comparison we have um, the WWE version of this post pandemic, hold your breath and wait storytelling versus what AEW is doing. WWE is continuing on and doing stories as if, you know, Nothing has changed. The The commentators right. don't address the awkwardness of the situation. Really, the only thing is there are no fans in attendance. Um, right. We still have these storylines where, you know, there's there's hate and rage and piss and vinegar. And, like, Keith Lee on NXT this week got a pipe to the throat and had to act like he couldn't breathe and, and right. all that. You know, th- th- they're acting as if, with the notable exception of no crowd, everything's normal. AEW, however, is actively acknowledging the situation and basically giving us how shows the TV program every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the major differences that stood out for me, um, even though I did cancel my WWE network, it is gone. I did watch <clears throat> NXT on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, so mainly I watched it. Uh, because my boy from Lucha Underground, King Cuerno, a.k.a. El Hijo del Fantasma, made his debut. But <clears throat> I watched the whole the whole ep- the Hulu cut of the episode, which was only an hour long. Mm-hmm. And it started out with this in-ring promo. And why would you have an in-ring promo on a show where there are no fans to present it to? Like, it's just one of those things that just stood out as weird to me. Whereas on AEW's side of things, if we're going to make this comparison here... Mm-hmm. Pretty much all their promos are pre-shot, um, like in vignette uh, style. Yeah, um, <clears throat> which is a lot more easier to you know to accept or enjoy, n- knowing that there is this, there isn't this empty void all around them of people they're supposed to be dressing who aren't there. Yeah, um, sort of thing. It's, it's it it was it was weird. Um, but yeah. It, the, the differences um, are there, and it, it's, you know, I couldn't really get into the NXT show. I mean, part of what made NXT so great was the Full Sail crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and not having that really just kind of drags down the NXT product, I think, honestly. No, no, I'm with you. The, there was a cult of personality that that brand had, even as much as as uh, the full sale setup uh, has not aged gracefully, uh, that mm-hmm. crowd lived and died by every moment on that show. Right. 
Um, and in turn, it felt like a completely different show from Raw or <clears throat> SmackDown. Now these shows are completely freaking interchangeable to me. Uh, you yeah. know, it's it's just different graphics on screen, different graphics on the ring. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's frankly a little sad uh, how you could just sort of cut everything into a super cut of one show and it wouldn't feel that different. Um, but, uh, you know, let, let's just kind of jump into, you know, the coverage of uh, the shows that we actually pay real credence to NXT and uh, AEW Dynamite. Yeah. Um, so as you said, uh, the promo uh, was Velveteen Dream kicking off the show. Right. <laughs> uh, but before that, um, William Regal uh, said that there was a, an incident backstage uh, where uh, apparently uh, Finn Balor uh, was beaten up, now missing. Um, so the intended main event of Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream was off. So here's a fun fact. Finn Balor wasn't even in Florida. <laughs> is he in the UK? Yep. That there is some WCW level shit. All some carny bullshit right there. They promoted a main event that they couldn't even put on. Yeah. And then That's they what they kick do, off... man. Card subject change. And that is their out for all this kind of bullshit. They've then been doing they, it forever. Then they kick off the show <laughs> and do an angle to write out a guy who wasn't even there. And they knew he wasn't going to be there. Right. And, like, it wasn't even a match that I think many... I mean, on paper, I would have loved to see Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream. But, like, it didn't feel like a lot of people were frothing at the mouth for this big confrontation because they've been building to Adam Cole right. and Velveteen Dream. So it's just like, why, why did this even... Why does this even happen? Why why was this even a thing? Because they love who attacked this person mysteries. That's the fucking bread and butter for for uh, Papa H. That's that's like that's like between that. Okay, so NXT is two storylines. Yes. One is who attacked this person. Yes. The other is best friend turns on best friend. Those Fair are the point. two storylines in NXT. Well, you forgot the third one, which is time. you have belt, I want belt. Okay, but even that's used sparingly. <laughs> comparison. Yes. You think about how many best friends have turned, and I know that's not an NXT invention. I understand right, that, right? But it's used so fucking much in NXT. It's I like, don't know what you're Christ. talking about. I don't know what you're talking about at all. So after uh, Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole had their to do, and then there was a big run in Schmaz with the Undisputed Era minus Kyla Riley, who is immunocompromised. <laughs> uh, yeah. Keith Lee tried to make a save. He got beat up. We went on to a tag match where former best friends Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai were on separate sides. Oh, see, this wasn't in the Hulu cut. I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, th- but there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez ended up defeating Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. I like the Shotzi and Tegan Knox team, but on the whole, this match was a lot of nothing. Raquel Gonzalez should not work a full match. Okay, all right. Yeah, not very. So it was Dakota and, and uh, Gonzalez against Tegan and uh, Shotzi? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I saw someone uh, on, uh, I think it was NXT's Instagram, call the team of Shotzi and Tegan the Lady Bruiserweights, and I like that a lot. Okay. All right. I like Shotzi, and I like I lo- love me some Tegan for many reasons. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm a fan of Dark Dakota as well for yeah. for uh, you know personal reasons. So we had. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had two vignettes back to back. One for Drake Maverick talking about his release from WWE, uh, which was incredibly uncomfortable. But he said, "Hey, he's got three more matches in the Cruiserweight tournament because they're doing a G1 style round robin tournament." And then we had 
uh, a video package for Jake Atlas talking about how he wants to be an inspiration to others and he, as he breaks stereotypes. Here's a fun thing. When you talk about how you want to be an inspiration and you want to break stereotypes, you know what the good thing is to do? Explain what you're supposed to be representing. Yes. Yeah. Not, not once during that whole thing did he mention that he was gay. Not at all. And his finisher, formerly called the LGBTDT. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Well, well Yes. It's now just <laughs> simply that DDT. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I honestly can't say I'm surprised in the, in the least. I can't. But when you're trying to just basically, and WWE does this all the time, you're trying to wrap yourself in the flag of representation and right. you are literally not saying what you're representing. Yes. It's insulting, especially they... to someone as talented <laughs> and as possibly barrier breaking as a Jake Atlas. Yeah. And, you know, the, the sparkly jacket that he wore to the ring, you know, you can't even accept that as as, as the reason he's gay because Jericho's a straight man. and He has the most ridiculous sparkly jackets of all time. Exactly. So, you know, there was no indication there. If you, if you had never heard of or seen Jake Atlas before, you had no idea. Yeah. Not a not a fucking good. And I guess that's what they wanted. So, yeah, that's what you know, um, there you have it. There you go. So the match I thought was actually pretty decent. Um, I don't think Drake Maverick's going to, you know, get a, a uh, extension on his contract because he has his working boots on. But, hey, he tried. Yeah, he um, went out there. There was some uh, some big some, you know, big attempted moves. There it wasn't a bad match. Yeah. But- but I think the kind of awkward part was in, they did a, a post-match promo right after, which I thought was a good idea, just to do the promos right there, UFC yeah. style. And half of Atlas's promo was about how remorseful he was about beating Drake Maverick. And it's like... Right. That's not getting yourself over. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, and of course, he said, people are about to know my story. What's your story, man? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, I know what your story is, but I'm a nerd. <laughs> like, yes. I, I, I'm aware of you. I, I know what you're you're all about. I for like ten seconds there I wondered if you and Jungle Boy were an item. But Yeah, well uh, yeah, that, that broke the internet one day. Yeah. But I know who you are. The world doesn't know who you are. <sighs> anyway. Vince doesn't want to know who he is. Yeah. Um we had a video package for the Damian Priest Keith Lee match with a decent promo from Baron Corbin's non-union Mexican equivalent. Uh, then so you're a priesto. Yes. Then we rolled on into another Cruzador Championship tournament match as Kushida defeated Pretty Dece Tony Nice. This was good. Yes. Shockingly I really enjoyed good. this match. I mean, Kushida is dope, obviously, one of the greatest junior heavyweights in uh, New Japan history. But uh, he hadn't re- he hasn't really gotten a big chance to shine uh, in NXT yet. And yeah. this was uh, this was a really good fucking match. Uh, yeah. You know, Tony Nese, uh, they, they beat the shit out of each other. And yeah, I was super yeah. into it. All in all, Tony Nese had a pretty decent showing. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a, a Jushin Thunder Liger shout out as well. Yes, we so. did. Always good. As thank uh, you, Tom Phillips. As Kushida was throwing out the Shotes. Yes, uh, Nice threw, nice one, threw one back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty nice one actually. For I was me. like, okay, see you, Tony Nice. <laughs> see you. Uh, we had a backstage promo with the acting NXT Tag Team Champions, that of Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. The fact that Timothy Thatcher is signed by WWE and on WWE television will forever be the weirdest thing in the world to me. It would be like them signing Nick Gage. Yeah, yeah. Which, 
which could happen. I will say, if COVID didn't happen, I think there'd be we would see that Nick Gage was at like a WWE tryout, MDK all half a day. Oh my god, he's for the children. Yeah. Um, this promo was weirdly entertaining. Yeah. Uh, just the, it's the charisma of Matt Riddle. Yeah, he's just, just this weird, <laughs> this weird fucking dude, man. <laughs> yeah, talk about. Uh, Thatcher's eyes and, and his beautiful blue his eyes. Beautiful, my eyes are brown. <laughs> I know, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. I loved it. <laughs> oh man. Um, we had a hype video for the new name of Killer Cross, Carrion Cross, which straight up, it's it's a better name than Killer Cross, but it still sounds like someone's E Fed character. Uh, I'm not sure it's better than Killer Cross. Uh, <laughs> I, I get why they don't want somebody with the name Killer see uh, a, a war machine yeah. um, sort of thing. I, I'm not. I'm not down with uh, Carrion Cross. I, I think basically, like you're making the best out of a bad situation. I don't think either one's a good name by any. Well, I mean, it's better than Captain Cross or something that, like true. that. Carrion with, Cross. T- Two Ks, yeah. <laughs> the Crippler, <laughs> Captain Cross, oh, oh, KKK, yeah. <laughs> good old Krusty's comedy Too classics classic, for you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what is worth noting is uh, Scarlet popped up. We saw her for half a second. Uh, I don't. Was this one Hulu cut? I don't remember. Yeah. No, well, maybe I wasn't just. Maybe I just wasn't paying yeah. attention. Uh, I mean, she really didn't do anything, but uh, it was like a, a brief flash of her. Uh, we had titties. Um, we had a we had a uh, pro a pre-tape promo with the Garganos. Oh, fucking hell! This sucked. <laughs> it really was bad. It really was. Bad. It was way too fucking long. Uh-huh. Like way too long. Like three times as long as it should have been. Yep. And Johnny is not a convincing heel. Neither and... one of them are. Well, I was going to get to to, to Candace. I was, <laughs> yeah, no, please, go yeah. ahead. No, no, you're right. Neither, neither of them are. They, they, it's, I don't know. It's, it's it's some indie bullshit. Like it's some indie backstage promos. Like, do they just still do promo class with COVID happening? <laughs> like, is this, are they is somebody somebody? You know, you can do that over Zoom. You know, you know, and just do it from your, you know, nerdy apartment. Um, yeah, it, this did not go well. Um. You know, now we get Dark Candace, uh, yeah. Darkest Timeline Candace. Uh, maybe she'll hang out with uh, Darkest Timeline Dakota, and uh, maybe she'll reunite with Io Shirai now that they're healed. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, you know, turn on best friend or husband's best friend sort of thing. There's the storyline there. The only bit of it that I liked at all was um, the the cup in. Uh, <laughs> it, it was so dumb. It was so dumb. Well, because you the angle, you could barely make out what it was at first. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? So for those who didn't catch it, basically the the infamous cup that saved Johnny Gargano's balls from which uh, was stupid to begin with. Yes, from Candice LeRae's low blow. Uh, now have a pride of place on the dining room table in a glass case. Yeah, because that's what I want to stare at when I'm eating some chicken breast and salad and some kind of fucking starch i don't know what the hell else is on there uh i think candace had fried shrimp on her plate too if i was not mistaken uh because i paid attention to the plates of food um yeah this sucks um <laughs> this 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 whole thing sucked uh 
yeah yeah i mean look between stuff like that and that fucking opening angle and the closing angle i i i don't often want to say this especially in relation to nxt but i got some wcw vibes yeah not, not the good wcw vibes that i ride on every wednesday on tnt um Mia Yim. Oh, sorry. Uh, there, there were a few things that, that happened. Uh, they, they hyped the Io Shirai match with Charlotte Flair. I did catch that. Yes. Io we, Cutter promo. Uh, we had the Sad Drake Maverick promo on a stairwell, which I didn't get that. Very uncomfortable. Uh, th- we had a really crummy match between Mia Yim and Jesse Kamea. Who the fuck's that? Some random developmental person who was acting as a jobber to the stars here. Okay, is she another relative of The Rock? Because it sounds like she may be. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, but what made it even worse was uh, Charlotte Flair came out to confront Mia Yim. Uh, Yim uh, was asked if she wanted a title match. And uh, basically the reason why Charlotte's giving it to her is because apparently like her first match on NXT, um, Mia jobbed to her. So she called Yim a good hand. Ooh. Yeah. That's a a stinging blow right there. Yeah, not really into it. But hey, here's the reason why I wanted to get into NXT, and I'm sure the reason why you watched another match in the (laughs) Cruzador G1 was uh, between El Hijo del Fantasma making his NXT debut going against the tattooed man himself, Jack Gallagher. Yeah, uh, both with a solid cape game going into the match. So, uh, you know, cape versus cape worked worked for me. Um, I love that uh, Phantasma's uh, Tron had like Aztec symbols on it. That made my heart uh, my heart swell three times that day. Um, and the match itself was was good. Um, not, you know, great by any means, admittedly, but it was it was good. Both guys kind of went out there and gave it it all. Uh, and um, Quer- oh god, it's going to take me a while to not call him Querno. Uh, Phantasma <laughs> did his uh, massive tope, uh, which is still one of the most beautiful things to ever see. Yes. Um, so uh, that was dope, and it looked like it was kind of like a Michinoku driver he used, a- or something like that that he yeah. used as a as a finisher. They called it like a Samoan driver. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's because the fireman's carry setup kind of looked like uh, the beginning of a Samoan drop. I, I'm not into that as the name. Yeah. Uh, but what was weird... Well, yeah, he's fucking Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> but what was weird was the one-two punch of what happens afterwards. Great match. Loved the match. But afterwards, Phantasma cuts a promo in Spanish, even though mm-hmm. he speaks fluent English. Mm-hmm. And then Phantasma uh, got jumped by the masked men who steal luchadors, and they stole him away. Oh, now, I, didn't see, I didn't get that. Then he cut that out. They cut oh, that out of the Hulu cuts. Well, the part that's fun is the, with the, the the way this angle started, it started with Phantasma apparently being the guy behind it. Okay, hold on. So I haven't been watching NXT. So there's there's an angle where they're stealing luchadors? Yes, yes. Uh, I, oh God. Like kidnapping? Like yes. old school style? Get the fucking van. Yeah. Blasting yeah. Metallica, uh, uh, yeah. Master Puppets, and they. Like, I'm just like, kidding. We'll have them back by dinner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, uh, it, it's it's very for our our longtime TNA watchers. It's very uh, Samoa Joe gets kidnapped by ninjas and shows up with a dick drawn on his face. It's, <laughs> Wait, it's, that happened? <laughs> yeah, he had a dick drawn on his face. Well, it was it was supposed to look like some like Samoan tribal stuff, but it seriously looked like he had a dick on his face. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll I'll send you an image after we're done recording. Um, Thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's real dumb because unless the idea is. 
uh, Phantasma's playing both the leader of this group who speaks English and playing himself and speaking Spanish. I, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. It's So it, who else has been kidnapped? Uh, shit. Who was the other luchador they grabbed? It wasn't Garza. Was it like Metalik or something? Or Lindsay? No, 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 no. I'm trying to remember. It was one of the random NXT luchadors. I can't remember. They have other luchadors in NXT? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm sure someone's watching this who are watching this, listening to this, and is screaming at their device. I'll, I will get back to you on that, because I can't, hmm. I can't okay. remember what it was. But this, All right. this wasn't the first time a, a, a wrestler of Mexican descent got stolen uh, in the NXT parking lot. Did uh, they have white robes on? <laughs> they did not, no. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's not um, something I want to see on my wrestling program. So, uh, As implicit as it may be. <laughs> we had our main event, which was Adam Cole and Roderick Strong with Bobby hey, Fish. Uh going against Velveteen Dream and Keith Lee. Keith Lee, who would come out to help Velveteen Dream earlier in the show. Yeah. So for whatever fucking reason. So Keith Lee ends up getting attacked by Damian Priest. Uh with a nightstick. With a nightstick. Uh-huh. Uh that that's where we had the uh acting acting of Keith Lee. Uh, and then it, it was just a handicap match with the Undisputed Era defeating, or not defeating, beating up uh, Velveteen mm-hmm. Dream. When who should run in but Dexter Loomis? Okay. Noted massive baby face Dexter Loomis? <laughs> yeah, that was that was odd. Um, apparently, according to Tom Phillips, he had been lurking around the main event last week as well. Um, so he's kind of like a, the stalker slash Dexter slash weird tattoo guy slash TNA outcast Samuel Shaw doing something out here. Okay. Yeah. But what was particularly funny to me was there were moments because Bobby Fish was at ringside where the ref was yelling at Bobby Fish about getting involved. And there's literally a guy who's not in the match who's now in the match and that's okay. Yeah. No, it's pick and choose your rules day. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you gotta. It's it's a balance. You know, the the scales of justice, uh, the yin and the yang. You know, you have to strike a balance between allowing some tom fuckery happening uh, to not allowing tom fuckery happening. Yeah, and, uh, but like I said, this go. this felt like some WCW shit, some late era <laughs> WCW shit. We're just like, ah, fuck it, the fans are dumb. Let's just throw together this match this way. Um, yeah, the baby faces when it went over and, you know, it's still leading to Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream in theory. Uh, my, my theory is that maybe Triple H was so busy putting together his self fucking session for uh, SmackDown that he just phoned in uh, NXT this week. Oh man. And what a, what Chris, did you read about that? Uh, I no. Uh, what I did see was a number of new pieces of merchandise uh, that somebody tweeted out on ShopZone, yep. uh, including like a one hundred dollar like photo set. Mm-hmm. Um, the Triple H Skull King inspired uh, winged eagle belt for five hundred yes. bucks. Yes, there where a- every single p- panel was an iron cross. Oh God, what the fuck, people? Um, and, oh, and of course, you saw our 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 wonderful president uh, gave a shout out to Triple H on twenty five years of greatness. Yeah, this is the darkest timeline. Um, if, as if this wasn't dead. already abundantly clear. Uh, people are dead, and he's tweeting about Triple H. The terrible jacket of uh, different stages of uh, of Triple H in his career. If mm-hmm. if I see somebody wearing that jacket in public, 
that's where I'm going to find out how I go in a fight because I'm going to pick a fight with that person. <laughs> All right, because I, I I cannot, I will not, I shall not allow that uh, to happen. So, Chris, here's what happened during the – it was the big main event angle for SmackDown, which, by the way, okay. was the worst-rated SmackDown on Fox yet. Nice. Going great. Um, Triple H All comes out. All the people are home. They're going to watch. Now, Triple H comes out. Um, then Shawn yeah. Michaels comes out to basically bust his balls for 10 minutes. Yeah. They go uh, back and forth. And who comes out but Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon <sighs> makes fun of Triple H, <laughs> makes fun of Shawn, talks about how the Katie Vick angle was shit. I'm not making this up. They actually reference yeah. Katie Vick on national television. Yes, I I, I I swear to you, I'm not making any of this up. Uh, I think he also made fun of how like he wouldn't how be he a... married his daughter in a drive-through yeah. wedding well, chapel. Uh, there was definitely busting his balls about like how he wouldn't be a star if he wasn't around with the other people. But he said uh, something along the lines of, "Hang on, let me let me get the recap to give uh, exactly what, uh, what he said." So uh, the three of them in the ring. Uh, McMahon said, uh, oh, he said that Triple H was boring. He said he did a terrible job as a gobbledygooker. Um, that was him as a gobbledygooker? Is that no, canon? No. Uh, or is... not. Uh, he okay. brought up Katie right. Vick. He said he doesn't know why Triple H would do that to a mannequin. Uh, he said, he then brought up for some reason the Bailey This Is Your Life segment and said it was terrible, but it wasn't Bailey's fault. Um, wow. McMahon what? said that... Triple H was terrible, and this is a terrible way to go out. He kicked him out of the arena, had all the arena lights turned off, and the end of the show was Triple H and Shawn Michaels standing in the ring with all the lights out as cricket sounds played. Are you fucking serious? That was on national television. Yes. That was the end of SmackDown. That's the fucking shits, man. What is what is that what does that even accomplish? I have no idea. Is that just Vince just flexing his fucking big dick boy energy and just just to humiliate everybody else because they're not Vince? I have no idea. I will say also uh, before Sean came out, they uh, he produced a special highlight video for Triple H, and it was nothing but Triple H losing to people. <laughs> I, I, I will give credit to that because uh, it also included the infamous Ultimate Warrior squash to this day that Triple nice. H has not gotten his heat back on and he never will. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was your main event segment for SmackDown. Wow. I, and here I was at the first half of the week. This is true. I was going to try to uh, because I always try to say nice things before I dig in before I motherfucked the WWE for <clears throat> their terrible, terrible Q1 bullshittery. Um, I was going to talk about how I feel like Raw is actually showing some bright spots. I think Drew McIntyre is a great champion. I think uh, Zelina Vega's sex cauldron is a fantastic heel stable. But into it, you know, um, apparently Cedric Alexander and Ricochet are quite the tag team now. Eh, eh, both, both two guys who would be used better literally anywhere else, the team. Yeah, I think that's a great duo. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. they got the same duo over on SmackDown and Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. But anyway. 
Okay. All right. Before well, this before this show ends on crickets, let's talk about Dynamite because I think we were both pretty excited about Dynamite this week. At least the first, was... at least the first half of the show. Uh, I didn't mind the the second half. You didn't like the match, the Dustin match. I wasn't super into it, but we'll we'll get into it. So okay, uh, right. show kicks off with uh, with weirdly enough, uh, Cody acting like Batman. Um, he he has the weird uh, Wayne Tech uh, device from the end of the Dark Knight, and he's watching right. all these uh, monitors uh, talking about all the different competitors in the TNT title tournament. Um, okay. We, uh, we, I mean, it was an interesting presentation to because I mean let's be honest this whole tournament is is booked and based around Cody, um, yeah. so you know and there's you know whichever way the tournament panned out it was going to be Cody versus somebody right um, well we'll see there 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 is a slight chance that Darby upsets Cody this week there uh, it is. but it's you know. I liked the, you know, breaking down of each competitor. It was it was a different presentation. It wasn't in the ring. It was edited and nice, and uh, it didn't go too long. Uh, I, I, I thought it was good, but there was part of me was like, why wasn't this on week one before anyone got eliminated, you know? It would have been longer. So you had to eliminate uh, a couple people. Fair. Uh, to, fair. you know, for, for uh, brevity reasons. Fair. Fair point. Um, okay. But, you gotcha. know. That 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 that's me picking a nit, uh, and believe me, there was something the internet picked a very huge nit with, and now I'll get when we get to that. I'd love your take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho in the booth previewed the show. Uh, I gotta say, I really love Chris Jericho on commentary. Um, how he is able to be both a heel and put everything on the show over. Yeah, uh, it's skill that I haven't seen since let's call it prime Jerry Lawler. Yeah, I mean, pre-puppies Jerry Lawler, you're yeah. talking here? Yeah. yeah, yeah. before he basically was just the creepy old man, creepy racist old man. Yeah. Um, Who's selling his Batmobile, by the way. Yeah. The OG uh, Adam West Batmobile, if you're interested. Folks. Get in on it, folks. Um, yeah. Uh, just don't check the trunk. There may be some uh, some 16-year-old girl's hair back there from yeah, Lord yeah. knows whatever Jerry does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had dueling video packages, one from Sammy Gravara, one from Darby Allen, both putting them over. Great promos from both. Uh, Darby's was short and sweet, but Sammy really cut a great promo uh, talking about. Yeah, it's a passion. Yeah, talking about how Darby beat him at Revolution, but. Uh, Sammy was going to win tonight. And then we actually had to kick off the show, uh, the Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara match. And I was really impressed with this match. Um, as much as I enjoyed their match revolution, I think I like this one a little bit more cause it felt a bit more scrappy. Like they, they were getting a little snug. Uh, they were, yeah. it, it felt a bit more like, I mean, yes, you had moments, you know, with ladders and, that sort of goofiness, but it felt like they were they were scrapping in there that they were that they were really fighting and that there's some legit heat between the two and they're kind of yeah. just laying into each other sort of thing. Yeah, uh, I think we said this at a revolution <clears throat> or after revolution during our recap of the show. I'm cool with these guys being generational rivals. Make them like Triple yeah. H and The Rock or whatever. Yeah, like, big fight forever vibes happening there. Yeah, um, and I, I you know a match with those two. 
it worked without a crowd because you think with them too doing the the spectacle-y sort of uh, high spots and stuff like that mm-hmm. to get the crowd pumped and into it, you know, with the seven people outside the ring doing what they do, um, I still think that the match worked really well. And part of it was because, like you said, they, they kind of were starting to lay into each other a little bit and tearing off boots and, you know, kicking each other in the face and stuff like that. It, yeah. it, it had a, it had a good, uh, good fight feel to it. And, uh, and it worked out. And, you know, I hate to see Sammy taking so many L's uh, mm-hmm. recently because the guy has a hella bright future. Um, but, you know, there's more, I guess, interest and story for Darby and Cody than there is Sammy and Cody, aside from them having a match on the first Dynamite. Yeah, yeah I, I think that would have been a, a fun callback, but I'm I'm more intrigued and I'm definitely hoping that Darby, third time's the charm, uh, pulls out the victory on Cody because if the finals are Archer and Darby and it's basically Archer just murdering Darby, yeah, that sounds fucking fun. Um, it, it does, but I hate to see either of those guys lose. <laughs> I, I, I completely understand, uh, but, but I, th- you know, I still think this is Archer's tournament to lose. I still feel like he has to come out the the champ here. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that match, which uh, Darby Allen ended up winning with uh, his fun cradle called the Last Supper. Uh, we got a broken Matt Hardy promo, which added a interesting tweak to uh, the Matt Hardy character, the broken Matt Hardy character. In he can shift between broken and unbroken now. So yeah. uh, I, I I thought this was clever. Uh, a uh, it's worth noting that this seemed to actually set up uh, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Gravara at the Hardy Compound, which I really want to see. Yeah, um, but. Uh, it added this little bit of legitimacy to the Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy feud, because you had not just broken Matt talking about the feud, but right. Matt, Matt, like real yeah, like Matt. 30 years of history, history between the yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like that. And I like, you know, further proof that the broken stuff works better pre-taped. Um, yes. Because if, you know, he was doing this in the ring, it would have been, uh, you know, kind of, it just it certain stuff just doesn't work like that, and yeah. this is where they need to head with this. And if we do get some Hardy compound stuff sooner rather than later, please, because uh, I'm all about that life. Agreed. Then we had Kenny Omega against Jobber to the Stars God. this week. Allen Angels, and like I said, the, the, the match that broke wrestling Twitter. <laughs> man, wrestling Twitter needs some better scandals. You know what? In retrospect, thank you, Velveteen Dream. You gave us actually well, something to yell at uh, each other about. Yeah, um, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no. So uh, basically the question was, uh, or the argument was, did Kenny Omega give Allen Angels too much? <laughs> and is Kenny ruining his star power by having matches like this? I will say, at least personally, the thought never crossed my mind. No. I just had a few moments where I was like, hey, this Alan Angels guy might actually be pretty good. What a shockingly good trainer of all people QT Marshall is. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. You know, Kenny Omega was a massive star in Japan. The percentage of American audiences who watch Japanese wrestling, I'd imagine relatively low. Uh, bigger than it was a couple of years ago. Sure. But mm-hmm. still relatively low. Yeah. 
Kenny Omega um, within the AEW extended universe uh, with being uh, on being the elite for all these years and, and the whole, you know, genesis of AEW has risen to some notoriety. Mm-hmm. However, we haven't really gotten best bout machine Kenny Omega save for maybe two, three matches in the, you know, year uh, and a quarter of AEW's history. Yeah. So to to say that um you know the Kenny Omega that was on Dynamite this past Wednesday was the same Kenny Omega who headlined the Tokyo Dome uh character wise is foolish cuz it's clearly yeah. not. Um but I think as Kenny Omega the EVP of AEW goes mm. this was really good because one, if you're going to be in this situation for who knows how long, and apparently it came out that they're going to go back to live tapings, which I'm not loving. I don't, I don't love it either, but uh, I don't make the decisions. Um, but it gave this kid uh, exposure, mm-hmm. and it, sh- you know, it kind of showed another layer of Kenny Omega mm-hmm. in that, uh, you know, pretty much anybody who's watching AEW is a smart fan nowadays yeah. Yeah. so you know the fact that he can help build the next generation up uh i think is 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 a good thing um should it have taken two v triggers probably not but the fact is it took v triggers it didn't take a one wing angel exactly and the v trigger is not his finisher it's a setup move yeah um so and he's you know prone to throwing out you know four or five yeah of them basically he got beat by the opponent. people's elbow Yes, which happened from time to time. Oh, wasn't yeah. there wasn't there a point in time where that kind of transitioned into his big finish? Uh, especially against lower tier guys, I feel like he yeah. beat uh, Scotty Tuhati with it once or something. Right. So you know, uh, so yeah, wrestling Twitter needs to chill. Uh, you know, and then it, you know, of course, douchebag Ryan Satin and Uncle Dave got into it over what's a star and who's a pop culture icon and all this other sort of bullshit. And it's just uh, like, just, just go watch a movie or something guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there, there are other things. All I can say is, and uh, I admit it probably wouldn't have been a V trigger. It probably would have been a sling blade, but if uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi had this match move for move with a young lion, no one would have batted a fucking eye at it. Just people. No. There, there seems to be this weird, <clears throat> need to yell at the EVP, well, three of the four EVPs of AEW for not putting themselves over enough, while comparatively for the fourth EVP, Cody, that he puts himself over too often. So I don't know who fucking wins here. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a lose-lose, because people are going to complain either way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are people who, like, you know, prefer the WWE sort of clusterfuckery to what AEW is doing. Clearly yeah. we kind of land on the side of uh, enjoying AEW a little bit more right now. So, you know, there's always going to be a back and forth. You know, I was always a raw guy growing up and I mm-hmm. didn't even watch nitro, but I hated it just cause I was a WWE guy yeah. back then. So I get it. Um, but I was you know. a nitro guy. So therefore I've been loving this, but anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's whatever it was, you know, we're getting to see Kenny Omega matches on a near week weekly basis, and that any way you shake it, I think is a good thing. We had a video package for Scorpio Sky, which I thought was really well done. And fingers crossed, this means we're going to be getting a Scorpio Sky 
like singles push again. I feel like that yeah. was one of the uh, the the hanging storylines from last year that really needed a follow up on. So I'm I'm happy to see that happen. Um, they played uh, the video from the Road Two on YouTube where Dustin vowed to retire if he lost mm-hmm. against Kip Sabian tonight. Um, we had a commercial for the 200th episode of Being the Elite, which I just want to take a moment and say is I, I ridiculous it. and fun. It uh, is. It is. It is a lot of stupid fun. So I was watching it. So uh, my wife was taking a shower, and I turned this on to watch it while she was taking a shower. And then she comes out of the shower. I was like, "What? I thought they were tag team partners. And where? Why are they wrestling in the backyard?" And I was like, "It's a whole thing. Just yeah. sit back and 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 enjoy the ridiculousness of it." Yeah. Uh, and it was supremely ridiculous. Uh, man, the house fucking nice. It is uh, well, you know, when the you compound. Live, when you live in Rancho Cucamonga, you know that's yeah. that's where high tier wrestler money works in a low tier California city. Um, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Beautiful view. Yeah, no, great view. Um, what I will say is, it really just made me think of uh, uh, the backyard wrestling days of many a teenager. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it had that vibe, um, although slightly more produced and with definitely older folks. Um, <laughs> super fun super silly recommend a watch uh yeah. arch cassidy went one-on-one with jimmy havoc arch cassidy versus Pac. this was not no um, it wasn't bad but it went way too long man yeah they probably could have shaved a couple minutes off this yeah uh and there was also kind of an awkward bit where penelope ford did the splits on an apron during like a distraction bit and i feel like everyone got lost um, but then, then Kip Sabian came in and ran through the ring and did a fucking tope onto the best friends and uh, or jump over the I don't know what the fuck yeah, it was. Yeah. He, yeah, it he was a tope. Yeah. Was it OK? All right. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It, it was it was a clusterfuckery mess. Um, and I guess now we're getting best friends versus Sabian and Havoc next week. Yep. In a no DQ after. match. OK. All right. So, you know. OC and uh, Penelope will get involved somehow. Yeah, yeah all the plunder. Um, we had an MJF promo. First time he's popped up in these uh, post-quarantine episodes. And a live via satellite from quote-unquote Max's rat's house. Um, he had been hinting towards uh, uh, on, on social media. They had a, a massive injury that needed surgery. And he finally took the time to tell us, the AEW audience, what was happening. Last time on Dynamite, while I was gambling, he suffered a hangnail. Ladies and gentlemen, it's life-threatening, might require surgery. Uh, he did vow, though, that he will return, and he will win the AEW title. It was pretty fantastic. What a quick squash is Lee Johnson got murdered again, this time by the war dog himself, Mr. Mayhem Wardlow. <laughs> Are they calling him Mr. Mayhem? That yeah, yeah, that's, that's, okay. uh, that's what Dasha said, Mr. Mayhem Wardlow. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Look, he's he's a big guy, tosses people around, so I can't hate on that too much. Yeah. Uh he basically I do enjoy the F ten. Yeah, the F ten's great, but I also like the uh thumbs up, thumbs down, knee out of the corner. Uh, uh yeah. that was brutal as hell. Yep. Um we had another Brody Lee video where uh basically he seemed to get a, a college football scout. <laughs> or, or he was scouting a college football guy who wanted yeah. to join the Dark Order. Uh, who so, did? Yes, Preston Vance with a ten in his name, according to social media, because they already yeah. had eight and nine. Um, and that was followed by a Brody Lee squash as he murdered Justin Law, whoever that was. 
little doughy, the little doughy kid from last week. But hey, great news. A little doughy kid was in the crowd, too, as Marco Stunt got in the face of Brody Lee. And it looks like we're going to be getting Brody Lee murderizing Marco yeah. Stunt. Live murder next week on TNT. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to have Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. We're going to have both semifinals. We're going to have the best friends uh, against Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc match. Uh, and right before the main event of the evening, we got another episode of the Bubbly Bunch, which is basically just an excuse for the Inner Circle to do TikTok dances. Yeah, this one didn't work as well for me. Um, it screamed like a WWE trying to catch on to a fad thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, it is what it is. They made the best of it. I wonder whose idea that was, honestly. Sammy. Probably Sammy. Probably he's probably the only one on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Although apparently Jericho has uh, trademarked the term flimflam. Oh, that's not what it was already called. <laughs> I, I thought it was like a thing that already existed. No. no. Oh, flim they, flam made, they made thing. it up. They made it up. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like because I see like Lana's always doing these stupid dances. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was a thing that already existed. No, no. I'm an old. I don't. No, I don't it's know okay. It's okay. I, look, Chris, I am only slightly younger than you. I'm <laughs> only slightly more aware of these things. Okay. Um, for making me aware. Then our main sure. event was Dustin Rhodes against Kip Sabian, uh, winner going into the semifinals of the TNT Championship Tournament. I thought this was fine. Uh, I, for me, the lack of live crowd really hurt this match because I feel like, you know, that's how Dustin thrives. Yeah. And, and the excitement of Dustin getting, you know, the last run win would have registered a huge pop. So it it just felt kind of hollow for me. Um, I mean, I still think Kip Sabian is, uh, horribly underrated. Um, and, and I think he's really going to become uh, a prime star for AEW given time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this was just missing that certain something for me. Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't a slam dunk, but it was perfectly serviceable. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, you know, Dustin 52 year old or whatever he is, Dustin doing things that most 52 year olds can't do still. Yeah. Um, Plus now the code red for the finish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fine, and this was probably the most slam dunk matchup in the whole whole tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody expected Kip Sabian to get past uh, uh, Dustin. I here. mean, also Archer and Cabana was probably kind of a given too. Yeah, but at least, yeah. No, you're right. That was, <laughs> that, whole <laughs> that, was. that whole side was actually kind yeah of a the given. whole first round really because you had uh, you had uh, Cody and Sean Spears. So oh, you didn't think the chairman was gonna go over? <laughs> I never think I never think Sean Spears is gonna win. Uh, anyway. So now we're looking at the semifinals of um, Darby and Cody on the one side and Archer and Dustin on the other. Um, Another murder happening yeah, next week. Uh, Tony Khan went to Twitter uh, shortly after the show aired and said simply, uh, thanks everybody for the support. We were really proud of this week's episode, but next week's maybe the best episode of wrestling television in years. Well, that's a it's a tall order, my friend. Yeah, let's let's see how that works out, Tony. Yeah, I mean, I don't wanna... let me down. Yeah, maybe not say those things. Yeah, yeah. Still after it say, happens. Don't say the quiet part loud, Tony. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he's he's a fan, and he's a fan of what he's doing, and yeah. why wouldn't he be? He's doing it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I respect the passion. Yes. 
Yes, I respect the passion as well. And uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Wouldn't it be great if Tony Khan started uh, taking photos whenever a new champ is crowned, pointing to him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's so tiny. What if he, like, got on their shoulders? And he's pointing down. He's pointing down. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then the person holding him up is, like, throwing up the double thumbs with the new title. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Tony, I got your new gimmick, buddy. Call also, me. We'll talk. Also hire Justin, please. Oh yeah, no, oh, hey, hire us too. We got we got ideas. <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough House, podcast. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, didn't notice you there. My name's Farmer Brown. These days, everyone's concerned as to what's going into their diet. People like farm fresh goods and produce. But have you ever thought to yourself, hmm, I wonder what's going up my ass? That's why I introduced to you Farmer Brown's line of locally sourced sex toys in my new shop, From Farm to Butthole. At Farm to Butthole, you're not going to find chemically laden lubes and things that can cause a UTI. Oh, no, sir. Farmer Brown uses all natural soy milk, cow's cheese, and goat tears to properly grease up that hole of yours. From farm to butthole, each one of our dildos is hand-whittled from fresh northern Colorado mahogany, so you can sleep soundly knowing that you had a nice, natural rogering of your A-hole, V-hole, or your M-hole. Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Lord knows what those anal beads are made out of that you're stuffing up your grocery pipe. Well, have you ever tried some farm fresh cranberries strung with a nice sarsaparilla root? Well, you're going to find that at Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Locally sourced, organic, and good for you. And your butthole. At my shop, you don't have to worry about latex or all kinds of silicone condoms. Nope. What we like to do is take an acorn tip and put it on the head of your shit. That's right. It's an acorn condom. Fits right on the head perfectly. Hurts like a motherfucker. Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Take a handful of nature. Stuff it up your ass.